Hey there, this is Tammy Guler Loeb of Tammy Guler Loeb Coaching and Consulting and the host of the Work from the Inside Out podcast. I think what makes for a great leader is someone who supports the learning and growth of the people within their organization so that if they are not around, the organization can run smooth as butter even if the leader is not there. Uphold the people who work with you and for you. Support their learning and hold them big. So the biggest key would be marketing strategy is leadership work. Leverage the behavioral sciences and quality market research with your strategy and you will get to your goal. It will help you with your bottom line and you'll see that ROI goal. This is a Touchstone Publishers presentation, your trusted source of leadership knowledge. Ms. Wynn, thank you very much for joining us today. I greatly appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy. I think my audience would like to, for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, what brings you to this juncture in your career. Tell us about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I, so I'm a lifelong learner, right? I, I choose to be insatiably curious, and that's because it makes everything so much more interesting. And I'm particularly fascinated with human behavior. I jokingly tell people that I'm a business anthropologist, and that's because I study human behavior in the context of business. From a professional standpoint, it makes the work so much more insightful. It's a game changer, and it makes me love my work even more. I have over 20 years of business and marketing expertise working for and consulting with Fortune 100 companies to startups, to local small businesses. And while the industries and focuses may have been different, what's consistent is in order to successfully solve for the business challenge, it's three things. It's understanding human behavior. Mm -hmm. It's factoring in business goals. And this is where I lean in on my experience in Acumen. Yeah. And it's thinking strategically and creatively. I leverage psychology, behavioral sciences, social sciences, neuromarketing with strategy and data-driven marketing research to achieve real results. I firmly believe that understanding human behavior is at the core of any marketing and communications endeavor. Wow, that's impressive and that's powerful. I kind of already said it, but let me just ask you to lay it out. Why should our listeners care? Well, you know, as Leaders in your respective fields, you know the mission of your organization. You know the challenges. You see the challenges that your teams face. And you have the long-term big picture of where you want to take your organization. Marketing strategy goes right in along with that. Okay. Marketing strategy is leadership work. Let me say that again. Marketing yes. strategy is leadership work. It's a long-term forward-looking approach with an overall game plan for any organization that has a goal of sustainability. And you get there by understanding your audience. 
I wonder how many leaders miss that point that your strategy, your work is the marketing. Well, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot on people's plates and people will have great leaders have a great perspective on direction and where they want to take it. And, and marketing strategy can augment what they're already doing if they're not already doing it. Okay. Okay. So you know, Glenn, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go. You know, Glenn, what you do with this podcast, it's public service. You share meaningful content with leaders doing meaningful work. And I want to make sure that their time with us is well spent. And so I, I truly believe that you ask the right questions. You understand the drivers behind motivation and behavior. And if you get the right information into the hands of key partners, you have the ability and the power to inspire brilliance, to build brands, to foster trust, to strengthen teams. And my goal today is to share relevant information that leaders can actually use to think through challenges that they may be facing with their organizations. And this is all based on successes and learnings I've experienced with the myriad of businesses I've worked with over the past couple of decades. And it's, I, I was just going to say, it's a big piece of the puzzle to try to bring that information to folks. To just say, you know, here's the skills, here's the techniques. And if you get those skills and techniques, you get that motivation. I right. Think people, I just know my listeners, as they go throughout the day, they're going to start to listen and start to understand the passion you bring to this. With that said, though, I know some nonprofit leaders are sitting there saying, well, how does this even apply to me? Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll take it from two different things. The first question I'm going to throw out is just something to think about, right? Mm -hmm. For any, any leader, any business leader, whether you're profit, for-profit or nonprofit, when have you ever solved a complex business problem without factoring in human behavior? Uh -oh. So that's something to think about, right? Yeah. In terms of, you know, does this work apply for nonprofit as well as for profit? The answer is absolutely, right? So the, I understand that the purpose and ownership may be different, but how I approach it is relatively the same because it's a focus on growth. It's a focus on sustainability. It's a, it's a focus on return on investments. And I don't think that should be different whether I'm working with a, a for profit or a nonprofit. Marketing strategy can be used to solve problems. And I'm talking big picture problems and more immediate specific problems. I'm a problem solver and I use marketing to do that. This applies to B2C, B2B, or even within teams. When I say B2C, that's something I think about is as you grow your organizations, do you know your core audience? How is that target changing? What motivates them? Why do they do what they do? Understanding mm -hmm. all of this can help you craft more relevant messaging that resonates. It could be the differentiator of how you stand out from the crowd, how you overcome skepticism, how you retain and engage that support. It's about you being sustainable. From a, a B2B perspective, maybe the question is, do we have the right partners? Or if it's internal, the challenge could be, how do we retain and attract the right talent? And solving for all of these problems goes back to the three things. It's understanding human behavior. It's linking it to your business goals and mm -hmm. it's thinking strategically and creatively. So this work absolutely applies for both for-profit and non-profit. You know, I've spoken to um, two 
maybe three different uh, CEOs of uh, nonprofit companies over the past week. And we were talking about marketing. I was telling them, okay, I think I'm going to have a great um, podcast for you to listen to here shortly because I think they kind of missed the point. And they both told me, well, we don't do marketing. Mm. If I'm following you correctly and I want you to coach me through this, yeah, you do. Because if you're marketing trying to recruit people, if you're marketing trying to tell me a little bit more about this idea that they say they don't do marketing or marketing doesn't work for them. You know, I, I get that it's not always possible for an organization to have a marketing team. You know, you have, you're constrained by resources and budgets. I get that. But marketing is important. Now, if you think that marketing is one-off advertising, if it's promotions or search engine optimizations or social media followers, what mm -hmm. you're thinking about are marketing tactics. When I say marketing, I'm referring to marketing strategy. Many organizations will skip straight to tactics and they don't invest in strategy and this hurts your ROI. Even if an organization is really good at executing on specific marketing tactics, they're not likely to get consistent, sustained growth and results over time. And remember that marketing is leadership work and proper marketing strategy is effective. If an organization doesn't do marketing, because it doesn't work or they don't need it, my question to them is how do people know about you? How do you get the word out there? How do you continue to get your support? If you don't do marketing, how do you sustain your organization? Well, we can look at that then. That makes a lot of sense because when you're actually re requesting a grant, writing for grants, that's marketing. And you have to have a strategy to get those. Right. And in understanding the human behavior aspect can help you better focus the message that you write and communicate in that grant to whomever is making that decision. Okay. okay. So now a key thing that um, you said, I think, is tactics versus strategy. Yes. Okay. And that's what you kind of, you focus more on the strategy of it, not just the short term, but tell me a little bit about how you're different than most typical marketers. I know it's tactics versus strategies, but there's something more to that strategy piece. How are you different than a typical marketer or consultant? So, so you're, you're right. I, I do. I focus on strategy mm -hmm. with practical application to get the results. And, and really what it boils down to is I expertly tie human behavior with business acumen and market research to solve the problems and elevate the results. It's a lot of understanding the whys, asking questions and make sure I understand your business or organization. The hardest part about what I do is understanding what the real problem is. When you are in the situation, when you're in it, you're in the middle of your business, your organization, you have mm -hmm. blind spots. And what you perceive to be the problem is sometimes skewed due to persistent challenges and changes you learn to tolerate and adapt with too, without even realizing it. And that makes it actually harder for you to take a big step back and assess what's going on. So as an outsider with fresh eyes, I bring a different perspective. I ask the questions to get to what are the real problem areas? What are the root problems? And I think key to all of this is leveraging behavioral science with market research. It doesn't just identify the problem, it identifies the solution. And then when you couple that with business acumen, you get practical application with real results. You know, leaders, regardless of how you go about it, you should have higher expectations of what really good marketing strategy 
tied to your ROI can do for you. Mm, okay. okay. Can you give us just a kind of, I don't want to go all the way into it because we only have a certain amount of time, So, but if you go deep into it, uh, you'll be here for three or four hours. But can you give us an example of uh, what actually happens when you put the two together, when you look at, okay, I need to have a strategy and I need to put the understand human behavior. Um, just it doesn't have to necessarily be nonprofit, but just something that you've come across that you've noticed in the past. Maybe it surprised you that you know companies said, "Hey, you know, we have a problem here," and something that surprised you, or was maybe a surprise to the clients more than anything else. Well, there are two surprises that happen more often than you would think, and it, even though it's a, I know about it, I, I, I anticipate that there may be these surprises. It still mm -hmm. surprises me each time about how different it is. The first one is, and, and I already mentioned it, which is um, the real problem. It's not exactly what you think it is. So, you know, often when a client comes to me and says, hey, I have this problem, I need you to help me with it. Mm -hmm. When I dig in, the real problem is actually somewhat different. And sometimes it's drastically different. Like I had this client who came to me and said, hey, our sales numbers are down year over year. We don't know why our clients are buying less from us help us. And I was like, okay. So I investigated, I did my research, I did my thing. And I found out it's actually not your clients. It's your employees. You have a morale issue. So then I refocused my project on understanding the behaviors and drivers behind this morale issue. And once they were able to address it, their sales numbers started increasing and actually started surpassing prior year. So that's, you know, you, yes. you don't necessarily always have a full picture of what's going on, but know that everyone, myself included, everyone has blind spots, right? So that's why the problem isn't always what you think it is. Major then, surprise for the client. Oh yeah, big time. But, yeah. happy, you know, happy story, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, because they took those time to say, okay, what's the strategy? I want a strategy to fix right. this. Okay. Right. And then the other one is, you know, you're talking to the wrong people. Uh, you know, I, I had a client come to me and say, you know, we need help with better marketing tactics and um, better messaging. And they are like, we know who our target audience is. We, we, we just need to know, like, where do we find them and how do we talk to them? And I was like, okay. So I vetted this persona or this target that they had. And yeah. I discovered it was actually based on assumptions, like three or four people ago who created it. And it was actually more demographics than anything. It was, oh, our target is higher income and middle age and they live in the suburbs, right? That's not really a persona, that's just, that's demographics. And it helps you with targeting. But when we dug in to see who was really uh, their primary target in terms of this is, their products and services are most appealing to this group, it was younger, it was lower income, it was you know, city dwellers, very specific interests and motivators. And when this client refined the target, they were able to actually grow their base 150% of prior year. And that was just because now they were talking to the right group of people. Would you say that is, goes back to tactics versus strategy? The tactic was to set up a demographic. But the strategy is to really know who it is you're speaking to or should speak to. Yes, I think that definitely uh, goes in line with strategy. Okay, all right. So 
when in your work, and if you're going to coach me or anybody else, what's some of the common mistakes you think happen? The most common, maybe. So the most common one is the reason why people say marketing doesn't work, right? It's disjointed marketing tactics, right? There's no plan. There's no strategy. There's no consistency. It's mm -hmm. short term thinking. So that, that's the big, that's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, uh, second one, you know, we just talked about it, which is you're talking to the wrong people. Right. Right. And the third one, this, this is actually a really big one in terms of like a common marketing mistake, but it's a, it has huge implications on any organization or business. It's when they focus on the what and not the why. You know, as Simon Sinek says, yeah. start with the why. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. People buy because they believe what you believe. And when it comes to nonprofit, this matters even more. Because when you focus on telling mm. people what you've been doing, um, they may forget why you're doing it. They forget why they connected to you in the first place. So focus on the why. And yes, touch on the what. It's important to tell people what you're doing, but don't ever forget to tell people and remind people why you're doing it. You know, that very first mistake you mentioned, thinking versus strategies, you can't really come up with this, I'm sorry, tactics versus strategy. Would you agree that you can't really come up with a strategy until someone can look at your blind spots? Until you can discover them? I, I think some blind spots are definitely going to be game stoppers or show stoppers. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, for the most part, if you don't have any strategy starting to just even with what you have, right. including those blind spots is better off than not doing anything at all. Okay. Okay. So just do it. Just get the strategy going and just do it. Just do just it. Do it. <laughs> you know, a lot of nonprofits to get, limited and get structured by okay this is how much money we're getting especially those that are government funded you get this much money to go to this you get this right. much money to go to this student so they get a limited budget and then there's other people we have entrepreneurs who are on you know startup businesses they have a limited budget as well mm -hmm. um and they also don't have the ability to hire a bunch of people okay yeah. so maybe they got one person who's doing finance and um hr and marketing <laughs> All the above, all the above. All the above, yeah. What can you recommend for them and what can they do? So remember that marketing and marketing strategy is mm -hmm. leadership work, right? So right, right. The, the first thing is take a big step back, revisit the big picture questions, right? What are you trying to accomplish? How are you going to do that? Why are you going to do that specific thing? Who are you trying to reach? And then dig in a little bit more. Why them? What motivates them? Why, what do they care about? What do they want? How do they feel about your organization? Once you can get answers around these, then you can start designing a plan or a strategy that's aligned with your mission and goals. But it's also very important that you're honest about what your true strengths and weaknesses are and clearly define what success looks like for you. So by being, wow. by, by being proactive, mm. reflective, honest throughout your marketing strategy work, you'll get a better understanding of why things aren't working and what might work better. You know, I, I mention human behavior a lot and integral to that is emotion, 
Emotion is a primary yeah. source of human motivation mm -hmm. uh, and it, it exerts a substantial amount of influence on attention, on memory, yes. on behavior. Yes, yes. Emotion drives decision-making and this process, this process, it happens kind of uh, unconsciously. You know, people will make decisions emotionally and then they'll rationalize logically afterwards. Okay, okay. Changing people's behavior is hard. So I recommend that people focus on the whys behind their motivations. Understand like that emotional connection or lack thereof to your organization. The more that these leaders can understand how people connect to you emotionally, the more likely they're able to convert them into being a sustained donor, uh, a su sustained supporter over time. It's important to understand why people do or don't support you so that you can respond or adjust mm -hmm. accordingly. And, okay. and my last tip is when it comes to messaging, be authentic. People are smart. They will see right through you if you are feeding them lines. So just be authentic. Okay, and that is difficult sometimes because we don't want people to see our weaknesses. Right, but you know, sometimes sharing your weaknesses, allowing yourself to be that much more vulnerable, make people want to be near you because it humanizes you. It yeah. also makes you like, oh, that, this, this, this organization's honest. They are very transparent about like what the challenges are and what they're working to overcome. So I don't think any organization should shy away from allowing themselves some level of vulnerability when it right. comes mm -hmm. to communicating. Just be authentic. You know, I want to unpack something you said earlier, and then I'm asked to unpack it. I want you to check me on this. Okay. Strategy. Okay. Yes. It to me you said strategy, if I break it down, what is it that I want? Why do I want it? And then how do I plan to get there? Mm-hmm. Okay. If that works, so what is it I want? I want a company that's this level, or I want to be able to grow my company into eight different states, my nonprofit organization. I'm thinking about one particular nonprofit right now. They okay. want to grow the nonprofit. Okay, the next question for them was how were they gonna get there? Mm -hmm. But the strategy that you just have unpacked for me, if I'm understanding correctly, is what do I want and why do I want to get there? Yes. Okay, and then that might help the how. But also inside the how becomes a lot of why steps too. Yes, how why is this? my favorite question word. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So if a company does that process, that's the start of the leadership work that you've been referring to. Yes. To sit down and just really hammer through that. So guess what, everybody? I'm joining the crowd. I got to sit down and really hammer through that. What is it I want? I know I want this. Why do I want it? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, my, my coach wants to reach a billion people. He did it last year. He wants to reach a billion people through all of his uh, platforms. But if I asked him why, he would have a very clear-cut reason as to why. And I think that's the only reason why he mentioned it, why he made it, excuse me, is because he had a powerful why. Am I unpacking that high-level strategy the right way? Yes. I, I, I feel like it's very common to talk to an organization and, and the leaders and the people who've been there for a long time mm -hmm. and ask them what your mission, what's your mission? Why do you do it? And it, it surprises me how often people will struggle with the answer. I believe you need to be clear on why you're doing what you're doing. And when you have that clarity, 
the other stuff actually falls in line much more easily because you've given yourself more or less a roadmap. Like this is my motivation. Mm. Now that I know and I am very clear on it, I can share that with you. And once you unpack that why, then yes, that's when you can then figure out what the how. And then the how is very complicated, right? It's about understanding your audience. And so there's lots that go with it. But when you understand why you're doing what you're doing, you will attract the people who are also drawn for that, to that same reason, right? People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So make sure you know why you do it. So if you're, again, don't really consider yourself somebody who needs a market, a nonprofit, okay? Because, but they do. I think we've cleared that up a little bit. They do. They need to market to get good employees. Yes. Okay, so they need to decide, okay, I want a good employee based on, you know, can do these things, and here's why I need a good employee. When you're working with somebody and consulting somebody, at what point would you say, okay, you know what, you need to go ahead and get somebody in here full-time? Or somebody in, in-house, a consultant or in-house, when, how does that come about? So, you know, I think when a leader knows that they need help to develop their marketing, and, and again, mm-hmm. I'm speaking marketing strategy here. Yeah. If you know you need real strategy and you don't necessarily have the time, you have resource gaps, um, you can't stay focused, you know, you are, you know, HR and, you know, IT and everything else all roll into one, right? Because you're a a small organization or or entrepreneur, right? When you have those limitations, hire a consultant. When you don't know who your ideal uh, client is or why they choose you over someone else or vice versa, hire a consultant, they can help. But I would actually caution you in the sense that if you are working with a consulting firm and the first thing that they do is propose a series of tactics, find a new one because tactics is not strategy. Strategy comes first, tactics come afterwards. Successful tactics are typically tied to strategy when we're talking about long-term sustainable success. So that's when you hire a consultant, but just keep in mind that they're not magicians and it's not going to happen overnight. Don't hire a consultant if you're not willing to invest in other parts of your business. Don't hire a consultant if you already know everything that there's to know about your customer. And don't hire a consultant if you're willing, or I'm sorry, you're not willing to commit to marketing as an ongoing process. When, you know, when we were talking about like in-house, like you're ready to hire um, a, a marketer who will think at leadership level, you know, obviously you want the basics, right? They, you, right. they need to know marketing, they need to have experience in it, but you also want someone who has business experience. And I mean, separate from marketing, it's important for them to understand how P&Ls work, ROI, how different BUs and cost centers interact with one another. It's important for them to understand that aspect for the, them to be able to craft marketing strategy that really helps your business's bottom line. Okay. I'm a strong proponent of attitude and experience over credentials and checking all the boxes. I mean, base case, yes, we need that first. But after that, you know, I think it's important to measure people by their ability to solve problems. It's important to know how they think, right? A lot of people are great at executing. Not everyone is great at thinking bigger, thinking more critically, thinking creatively and more strategically. 
right? What's important is how they think. Experience gives them the practical knowledge and the attitude and grit is how they'll get there. They'll eventually check off all those other boxes. It's right. attitude and experience. Measure people by their ability to solve problems and make sure they're curious and obviously a fit to your organization. Yeah, yeah fit to your organization, curious. <laughs> you know, you open up another statement there, another proof of why strategies are so important. Because if you're just hiring somebody who knows how to do the job, that doesn't work as well as they knowing why they want to do the job. Am I saying that the right way? I think because when we're hiring people, I mean, we preach the three diamond method here. And this one diamond is make sure they have all the boxes checked off at the very start. They can't get past HR. They shouldn't be sitting down with you. But then the second interview should be solve a problem for me and tell me why you made that decision to solve this problem. Does that open the door up or should we be tweaking that a little bit to something else do you think? Yeah, I do think it's important to understand why they want the job. I mean, there's mm -hmm. of course a paycheck, pay the bills, right? So, so right. there's that. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can be an exceptionally valuable member of a team who helps move the organization forward and not be excited about the actual work you do. Right? Not, not everyone's your, not going to be passion, like me yeah. and like geek out over yeah. behavioral sciences <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah. oh, market research can help me do this and help me do that, right? Yeah. And, and I think that that's okay. But what's important is to understand like how do they deal with problems, a challenge? Do they just take it? Do they, are they order taker, right? Because when we're talking about the leadership level, it's a different kind of thinking. Absolutely, you need individuals who are experts in executing XYZ, but you also need someone who can think bigger and understand like, you know what, this might be working well, but is there a better way? Or, you know, this is not so great. How do we revisit and reevaluate? Is this something that we should walk away from? Right? Asking the harder questions, thinking through, and not just being able to identify the problems, but then also work at figuring out what is the solution and then understanding why you're doing it. That's when you tie it right back to your right business goals. Okay. I think that aspect is so important. Lifetime marketers who don't necessarily have line of sight into that aspect, that side of the business, mm -hmm. I think are more likely to fall into that trap of this is the latest and greatest. You know, we have uh, augmented reality, which is also super fascinating and super fun, but you know, they're the shiny new objects. That's yes. what they like to focus in on. And I like that stuff. I think that stuff is really interesting, but when we're talking strategy, that will come later. I, I, I will t gladly embrace it if it augments what I've already have in place, but that actually has no place in my strategy. Okay. Okay. See, now, unfortunately, you're giving me the same lecture I just got this week from my business coach. <laughs> you know, looking at the shiny object, just saying, you get that. Does that object fit your strategy of what you need to do? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of us gets caught up in that. You know, AR has nothing to do with what I want to do. Although that's almost what I was thinking about doing. Oh, let's do let's <laughs> put this together and we can do this. So that has nothing to do with that. I mean, he, my coach got after me and said, So why aren't you doing your podcast every week? that should be part of your strategy to get the information out for people to have. So I think that's critical to have, but the, there's a lot of techniques there that we think we must have. Mm -hmm. Tweeting, blogging, those all may work, but what you're suggesting is they work if you have a why tied to them. Yes, 
yes, have a have a bigger strategy and allow these new shiny objects to augment what you're already doing. But don't let it be the be all do all end all. Okay, okay. I um had a uh, session where we were talking about the fact that you have to repeat your mission, your vision, if you're the leader, over and over and over again. Because you may say it 10 times, but it needs to be said 100 times for that person down line from you to get it. I think what you're saying, though, is just listen, and please add on to it. But listen here is if you are just saying it, it's going to take 100 times. But if you're saying it with the why and the emotion behind it, it's not going to take 100 times because people want that emotion. Yes. So to add to what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. If someone is saying the mission a hundred times so that maybe people will listen, if the person who's saying it doesn't understand the why, they're not going to have that conviction. They're not going to have that enthusiasm or passion or that tone that will engage and, and uh, excite the audience. But if you understand the why, A, it makes it easier for you to be able to articulate it. It's clear, it's easy, it's simple. You know, one of my favorite sayings is uh, from uh, Albert Einstein. He says, if you can't say something simply, if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. So I actually take that, let's apply it to the mission. Can you tell me what your mission is? And say it simply. And if you know the why, it's going to be super easy for you to do that. And when you can articulate it and communicate it simply, guess what? When you're talking to your audience, that's easier for them to digest and remember. And the emotion that comes behind it, especially when we're talking about like mission-driven nonprofits, when you are able to articulate it and you have a clear mission that you believe in, the people will latch onto that. And that emotion becomes a connection. And then that leads to behavior changes. And by behavior changes, that could just be, they now support you. So you're gonna hear a lot of nonprofits talk about the fact that they don't make, and you've heard this, they don't make, they can't pay the type of money that if you go out to a corporation, a, you know, for public corporation, they can't pay that same level of money because they're restricted by fundraising or government financing. But if I'm tracking correctly, you're saying as long as I have a strong enough why and enough emotion with it, those people probably will stay with me because they want to latch on to that emotion, that why. Yes. The thing is, they're not doing it consciously, right? Right. So when you have someone who is working at a nonprofit and they do a great job, but they're tempted by the shinier carrot at the private company that's not right. public, that's not nonprofit. Mm -hmm. If the mission if the reason why you do what you do is so clear and you believe it and it's aligned with what they believe, the benefits of staying are quite strong. And it's understated but the power of believing in what you do. You know, you have teachers all over this country who are going above and beyond, especially now with the pandemic where they're doing things remotely and working twice as long as they were before. Right, right. And they don't get paid but peanuts. And you think about like, why would they do this? You know, they're intelligent, they're educated, and they care. They believe in the mission. They believe in the students' lives that they touch. They believe in the communities that they serve. 
And so, yes, they could be tempted to go and do something completely different or something that makes them a lot more money, but not actually teach in education. Okay. Um, okay. But yet you still have lots of teachers still doing what they're doing. And it's not because they're afraid of change. It's because they believe in what they're doing. Okay. They believe in it. So I want to just see if I can give an analogy maybe or something to see if you agree with this. When it comes down to, especially nonprofits who have, I mean, as you know, my, our niche is we only want to work with the multi-generational companies that want to make a multi-generational change, not just get a quick fix, not just fix, but multi-generational change. That's the passion, that's the project, that's the emotion can get behind that. I'm going to look at that again, based upon our conversation today, just to make sure I have a real strong why and I can say, you know, exactly what someone else. What does that mean? That means you're going to help the, the children coming that are not on the earth yet. You're going to help them because their parents are going to be better. Just make it that way. But I looked at uh, some, well, for those of you who are a few months after this, who see this a few months from later on, they will see, they will forget about some things, but we're just getting out of this political season. And there was a group of uh, people who decided that they were going to just spend the money like crazy to sway the election into their favor, not into their favor, because it was the Republicans, which not the ones taking over the White House now, but they had decided that they were going to support the Democrat. All their shows were emotional based, all their um, videos that they have, all their YouTube links and everything was emotional based. As a nonprofit company, should they should we be shooting for that same type of emotion tugging on the heartstrings? And the only way to really do that is to understand the human behavior side of it. So you just you just threw out a lot, right? So I'm going to break it down yeah, into please a, do. few, <laughs> a few buckets, yeah. right? Uh, I'm I'm going to take your last question and answer it in two different ways. And okay. and the first is you said. You know, you had this group who had targeted campaigns, right? Videos that were tugging on your heartstrings. Is that what nonprofits should do? And yes, while in tugging at the heartstrings can be effective, it's mm -hmm. not always effective, right? Don't do it for the sake of doing it. Do it if it actually serves a true purpose. Don't do Don't. it to check a box. Don't do it to be like- For the tactic. Works. Don't do it for the tactic. Do exactly. It. Okay. What is your strategy? Right? I'm going to go back to that. What is your strategy? When we talk about the emotional connection, the emotional mm -hmm. connection doesn't necessarily have to be through the video. You don't have to make me want to cry and, and hug a puppy every single time I see something that represents your organization. Okay, okay. What I do want, right, emotionally is like, why do I support you? Can you give me some kind of reminder? It's that element of consistency, which we actually really haven't even talked about, which is also very important in marketing strategy. Maybe that's like for another time, yeah. but consistency, right? And part of that consistency in their messaging is making sure that the why is not forgotten. And when you can talk mm. and articulate the why, that will speak to the emotion, right? So emotional promotions or videos or advertising, it's effective, but not always. And don't do it for the sake of just doing it. It's not mm -hmm. a guarantee. Yeah, because I know they touched on the heartstrings, but they also touched on the anger. Yeah. So they really put in, you know, just they'll get you mad for two days and make you <laughs> go crazy for the next day. Yeah, but it's just like 
but I, they had a strong enough why, I think. I'm just wondering if a company, if any nonprofit company can look at it and say, here's why we're in existence. I think a lot for, of- Go ahead. I think a lot of nonprofits do know why. It's just making sure that it's fine-tuned and clear for everyone who touches your organization. And that's where the understanding human behavior comes into play. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, the only reason that clicked in my mind is I know some work you did with a good friend of mine who um, knows, he knew what he wanted, he had his why, but he, his message wasn't tailored for that. I mean, his message wasn't, he, he told me himself, you know, that you kind of set him straight. You know, your message, I understand where you're going, but your message does not speak to that individual. Right. And even though he had the why there and he had a pretty good thing, his message didn't speak to that individual. And that's, I think, some of the challenge with all companies, entrepreneurs who really are not going to be able to go out and get somebody like you in, or the nonprofits who don't really have it in the budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they realize, though, that they could put that in the budget, they probably would easily outpace and be able to survive a little bit better, easier. One thing you mentioned that I want to ask you about, when you said if you're going to look for to hire somebody in, they should be mm -hmm. diverse, okay, and should have many skills, not just marketing skills, but business skills. Yes. One thing I think that I would like for you to share is your business skills. I know, I don't think you talked about them in the introduction. Yeah, because you... Yeah, we know who you are, but you didn't tell us about your business skills, your business experience. So, so I'm originally from Texas, and oh, okay. well, we'll forgive you for that. <laughs> <laughs> from the country of Texas, we got you. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm from the land of big oil and yeah. energy, and that's mm -hmm. who gainfully employed me for about 15 years, and. Yeah. I was able to experience a wide variety of positions because if you do a job well every two to three years, you get to go and try something else, right? right. So it's sales, it's investments, it's uh, contracts, it's uh, customer service, it's mm -hmm. pricing, it's um, obviously marketing, uh, and then market research. And by working across different business units, understanding the cost centers. I was better able to understand the link between what we're doing and the goal we're going towards. You know, I, in large organizations, it's very easy to get lost in scorecards and, you know, like I did mm. my monthly goal. But what's interesting is you actually don't know why that goal is where it is. You don't know why your scorecards are listed the way they are. And those individuals who designed the scorecards may not actually know themselves. And so understanding the business goals, and I'm talking the big picture business goals, right, right. Mm -hmm. that's when it makes a big difference. And when you can understand where your North Star is, then you can then change how you think about executing certain things. So it's strategy, it's, it's tactical, right? Um, but if you know that you have to work with this other organization, this other business unit, you know, this outside vendor, right? right? Okay. Understanding that business goal will help you stay on track and craft the right messaging to them to make sure that the work is a win-win for everyone, right? It should not be one-sided. You know, earlier you had asked me, um, you know, when can, when should you hire a consultant? You know, one thing that I, I 
should have mentioned is you want a consultant, a consulting firm that puts your needs first, right? If they give you something and they're like, okay, pay us for it, but you actually don't understand or clearly see how it ties to your bottom line or where the return on investments is, check it, right? Check them. I think yes. it's imperative that leaders take control of that, right? If you're not able to tie things back to your bottom line, that ROI is everything, then the strategy work is probably not going to get you very far. Um, you know, so, and, and you know, what I'm point. telling you comes from my experience, right? So working for big oil and energy, then bank, then consulting with all kinds of businesses from your retailers like Target to like startups like Lyft to, you know, finance companies to, you know, it's a, it's a wide variety of manufacturers and so forth, but it yeah. doesn't matter, right? I'm working with different business units. Sometimes it's like directly with the marketing team. Sometimes it's with mm -hmm. an HR team. I've done lots of DNI work. I've done lots of work where it's on just the backside, right? Of like help us with the strategy. What's the long-term plan? Or, hey, we have a problem. We don't know what's going on with our in customer, like, or help us with a commercial. So I've done the whole gamut, but I think the big commonality is um, constantly trying to understand why. Like, okay, why are we doing this? Why have we done that in the past? And when you can understand that, you can make the helps you prioritize, right? When you link it to your, right. your business goals, it'll help you prioritize. And again, all of this is linked back to um, my business experience, working for myself, working for others. And, you know, I've had great successes and I've learned from all of them. And the fun part of all of this is any business challenge that comes, there's no two that is exactly the same. And if you stay insatiably curious, you're going to find something interesting. Like I worked with truck drivers, you know, 18 wheeler truck drivers, and I found that work fascinating. I talked to aeronautical engineers. That was fascinating. I'm not mechanically inclined, yet if you're curious, there's going to be something fascinating. And if you apply that same mindset mm. to your work, guess what? It's a whole new ball game. Wow. I want to take off the subject now and come right back. So we can probably go way off the subject, but I just want to ask you something. You have learned a lot. You have the degrees and everything to back it up and learned a lot. Was the learning easier because you were cur uh, curious about things? You had this curiosity factor going on? Do you think that helped you learn faster than a lot of people? You know, I, I think everyone learns differently, but yes. I, for me, being curious, even mm -hmm. on topics that I, you know, I naturally would not be curious about, right, that makes it easier because you're like, but when you, why? Oh, okay, well, help me understand. I mean, it's Versus better, yeah. feed me facts and data points, and it's going to go one ear out the other, and then I'm going to go and look it up. That makes it boring. It makes it mundane. Okay. All right. So to put it all right back on track, um, you talked earlier about leadership work, the work of the leader. And what you just got through unpacking before I interrupted with my curiosity question, understanding that a good leader breaks the walls down of his company or their company so that you can get more answers. So someone like you, because you have the vast experience of working with a lot of different industries and being curious about them, 
that's almost who I should be looking for. Somebody who is curious about how the organizations come together, maybe has experience, maybe they didn't do the marketing here, um, which is fine, but they know how finance works and how this works because if it's my job to break down the walls between departments, if I have a marketing person who's doing that, you think I'll get a better understanding of why and what my strategy should be? I, I would hope so. I, I think, you know, when you have someone um, at the leadership level who's able mm -hmm. to look at your business and help implement strategy. And, and yes, when I say marketing strategy, I, I am talking about like your audience, right? So whether that's a customer or a donor or whomever, that's what I'm talking about. But audience can also be your team. Like I love working with teams. I, I miss working with teams. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And if I apply the strategies, the thinking, the behavioral sciences, the social sciences, the psychology, the neuromarketing, the market research to HR type situations to building teams, it applies. If I apply it to, you know, I um, I need my teams to see the value that each of them put together, guess what? I'm leaning on that same set of skills that I've been leveraging in the research I do, in the strategy work I do. It's kind of the same, and it's because everything is rooted in human behavior. And, you know, on a personal level, like, I love this stuff. So the fact yeah. that I actually get to do and leverage and learn and develop that same knowledge base through my work makes it that much more fun but it's human behavior. That's the commonality, right? Yes, I talk about marketing strategy, but the commonality regardless of where I go in terms of like the kind of clients I'm working with or the kind of industries or the different business challenges, it's about like, okay, how does the human behavior element come into play? And this okay. it could be the recipient. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be like who you're talking to. It could be, how do I sell this in to my stakeholders? How do I sell this into my board? I need help. Oh, that was just a key thing you just said. Selling it into the board, selling it into the company, selling it into the environment. If you don't have a strong why, and you know what you want to sell, but you don't have a strong why, then you can't sell that or market that. And maybe that's a great answer. To one of the earlier questions I had you had for you is why does a nonprofit person need this? If you're the CEO, you still got to please your board, and still got to please the federal, state, and local governments. You got to mm -hmm. still sell that concept in. I think that's a key point right there that uh, you just bring up. So I understand the people on the board, understand the behavioral aspects. Because, you know, the truth of the matter is probably everybody on the board is the same type of person. You know, there's going to be the exceptions, of course. But you got to figure out how to bring that message to them. Right. And it's only going to be as powerful as the why you have behind that message. Yes. Yeah, so the, the um, earlier I had mentioned that, you know, when you can understand the motivations and drivers behind behavior, then you can craft messaging that will be more relevant and resonate. That applies okay. to board members. That applies to stakeholders. That applies to potential donors. It applies to your employees. It applies to your teammates, potential partners. It applies, period. Interesting. Uh, I'm, you got me fast, and I'm listening to myself saying, interesting, that might be a piece that I'm missing. <laughs> not, <laughs> not getting there. But I think a lot of us miss that point because we 
fall into the tactics. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that bright sun, shiny object is always a tactics. You know, here, here's a new thing, that's new thing, a tactic gadget you can use to get a thousand people to sign up a day. Okay. Um, one last question, and then I'm going to ask you for your, your closing thoughts, your final thoughts here. But when you're looking at building strategies, for a company, if you came into my company or anybody's company, especially a nonprofit, and you said, we need to build a strategy, should they be expecting results right away? I mean, within two weeks? No, I, you know, I think any leader knows strategy is not something that happens overnight. And whether overnight is literally overnight or two weeks mm -hmm. out, um, it's progress. It's big picture. It's long term. This is a long game. When we talk strategy, we're talking long game. Now, when you devise a strategy, you can then create different phases. And that first phase could happen in two weeks. Right, right, right. right, right. Um, but when we're talking about general strategy, it's mm -hmm. not going to be overnight. What's the first, if you came to me or came to one of my clients, what's the first big picture thing and strategies you want them to be able to, to tell you? Yeah, so every, every client's challenges will be different. Mm -hmm. My first thing is I want to listen. I want you to tell me what you think the current business challenge that you're currently facing is and why it's been so hard. Because I think often when you take the time to listen, that's when you really learn more. It's not just what they tell you up front. It's all the little side things. And so it's piecing together all of that. And then if it's an organization of more than just one individual, then you want to talk to some others to get a, a more holistic picture. But first thing for me is I just want to listen. I want you to tell me what the problem is. And I want you to tell me why it's happening before I decide anything in terms of like what to do this strategy. Okay, because I can tell you right now, I've been getting a lot of conversation around companies not working well together, each of them feeling, you know, difficult people working with difficult people. And that's hurting a lot of missions of companies. So a lot of different things. So what you would want me to tell you, if I'm going from that perspective, is to say, okay, we have people who are not getting along, and here's why I think it's happening. Mm -hmm. And it does have an effect on that part of the bottom line, I'm sure. I mean, because we end up in HR all the time. We end up with the, um, the labor board. So those things do have an effect on that. I want to, and I want it to be better. So from that, you'll be able to start doing some of your surveys and your research and your things to say, okay, hey, you know, this is not necessarily the team, it's you. Or maybe it's, you're doing fine as a team. But you wouldn't know that until you start asking questions, but you wouldn't know where to even start until I say what I think is the problem. Yes, I think it's really important to understand um, where you're starting. And if you're the one coming to me, I need to understand what's going on with you and your perspective before I pass any judgment, before I make any decision, before I make any assessment. You know, that's, um, it's home because as you know, I, I do keynotes as well as do a lot of publishing, but if I don't answer the questions of my clients first, instead of me telling them, it doesn't do any good. If I go to deliver a keynote and I don't know what I'm saying, it doesn't do any good. And that really applies to marketing to being a consultant, I guess. So I think that's important to know, especially in the nonprofit industry. You say you don't need marketing. Yes, you do. 
Because if you don't know what the issue is and you're just putting it out there, that's not right. And that's why they need somebody like you. What would you <laughs> like to what would you like to say to um kind of a, like a wrap-up thought, you know, this is important, this is a big key that you guys should take away from everything we talked about today. What would you like to say that? I mean, share that thought with us. What is the biggest key you want people to walk away with from today? So the biggest key would be marketing strategy is leadership work. Leverage the behavioral sciences and quality market research with your strategy, and you will get to your goal. It will help you with your bottom line, and you'll see that ROI go up. Ms. Wen, thank you very much for taking the time. I know that you're very busy. I know the times are different. The um, political season's over, so you may have a little bit more time to breathe, but I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome.